And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And I'll tell you what, I had a, I had a very interesting event occur to me over the weekend that I'm going to share with you. You ready? I had a birthday. Yeah, I had a birthday. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the Ain't 60 Club. I'm still in the Ain't 60 Club, but this is my last year of being in that club. I turned 59 years of age over the weekend. It was a, it was a big milestone for me. It really was a huge milestone. And when I look back on my life, I realize that I've had a lot of significant milestones over my life. But ironically... I didn't really get focused on real estate investing until about six years ago. And, and I got involved with real estate investing seriously six years ago because I had attempted to retire myself about, I don't know, let's see how many, nine years ago. And I failed. I totally failed. And yeah, I failed. I was a failure. I was a failure at retirement the first time I tried it. Now, I will tell you, I have been retired for four years now. I have been effectively retired. So at the age of 55, I retired myself and I was completely retired. What does that mean? It means this. At the age of 55, I had enough passive income coming into my household that it met or exceeded all of my expenses in life. And as a result of that, I was able to turn away from anything that I was required to do to earn money because I didn't have to do that anymore. That's what control sounds like. Control in your life is when you're calling all the shots. Nobody else is telling you what to do, where to go, when to do it, how to do it, yada, 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 yada. Kind of like what your boss does to you now. Many of you out there have been trading time for money for a very long time. I was no different. Let me be very clear with you. I was no different. Let me give you some background. At the age of 50, the United States Army decided, now, now the, the Army was not 50 years of age. I, I was 50 years of age. Okay, let's be very clear with that. At the age of 50, the United States Army, after 27 years of my service in the United States Army, decided that they were not going to promote me to the next rank, even though they sent me a letter saying that I was selected for promotion. They made the decision not to promote me and instead to select me for retirement. So I found myself at the age of 50, essentially retired. And I thought, oh, great, this is cool. I'm going to be retired. Yeah, but here was the problem. I was trying to live off of one third of what I used to make. See, I earned a military pension. That pension pays me money every single month, but it doesn't pay me the same amount of money that I used to earn when I was on active duty. It only paid me about one third of what I used to make, but my expenses were still equivalent to what I used to make on active duty. So I went into a tailspin. I did. I realized that I had to get back into the workforce and at the age of 50, trying to get back into the workforce is difficult. It is very difficult to do, especially in the, in the current environment that we're operating in, right? I mean, consider the political environment that we're in and realize that that political environment existed nine years ago when I retired. So I tried to get myself a job. I couldn't do it. I wound up taking cars that I owned, that I owned free and clear because I was doing what Dave Ramsey told me to do. I was paying everything off, right? And I, I took one title after another down to the bank and I took money out 
in the form of a loan against that vehicle. So now a vehicle that I owned free and clear now had a lien on it. I lived off of that money because there, remember, there was a big difference between what I was bringing in and what was going out in my household. And no matter how much I tried to reduce the amount I was spending, I could never get it down to one third of what I used to spend. Yeah, because there's certain things like mortgage payments that, that don't change. There's certain things like you have utility payments that have to be paid. They, oh, you have to eat, too. That's that's an important thing in our, our economy, right? In our society, you have to put food into your body. Okay, so you understand my situation. Four vehicles later, I had taken out four different loans. I was living off of those the, the proceeds of those loans. I was getting ready to go to the credit cards. And guess what happened? I landed a job. I got back into the workforce and I had unretired myself because the 10 months that I had been retired was an absolute disaster. It was a complete disaster. Now get this. I was born on April 16th, 1964. And on that date, you know what happened? Well, it was the day before my parents paid all their taxes. Yeah. April 15th is tax day. You know that, right? Yeah. On April 15th, all the taxes were due. So I was born on April 16th and throughout my entire life, I've always been the beneficiary of limited birthday presents because my parents didn't have any money left because they gave it all to the government. Yeah. (laughs) Story of my life, right? Okay. So let me get back to these things that are what I consider significant events that occurred on the day I was born. Now, the first one I want to cover with you has to do with Barbara Streisand. Now, I'm going to tell you right off the get-go, Barbara Streisand and I don't see eye-to-eye on a lot of things, but I think she is a an incredible entertainer. I think she has one of the most beautiful voices I have ever heard. And in 1964, on April 16th, the musical Funny Girl, starring Barbara Streisand, premiered on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater in New York City. What's significant about that? Well, here's what's significant about it. It was a huge success. It ran for over 1,300 performances and launched Barbara Streisand's career. Did you know that today you can get tickets for Funny Girl? Now, I don't think Barbara Streisand is is in the musical anymore. I think she's moved on from that. But that's the longevity of that musical. Now, am I comparing my longevity to that musical? Well, a little bit. I mean... It's been around for 59 years. I've been around for 59 years, and we both have different results. Now, you can't necessarily compare a human being to a thing, but I'm doing it, aren't I? All right, so so that's the result. Funny Girl became a huge success, and it's still in existence today, even though Barbara Streisand is not in the lead character. All right, what else happened on April 16, 1964? Well, there was this band. Actually, there's there's two bands I'm going to talk about because two bands did entirely different things the day I was born in 1964. Now, the first the first band I'm going to talk about, these these are the guys with the long hair. Oh, which ones? Oh, well, let's go all the way back to 1964. And let's realize that having a bunch of guys with long hair was not considered correct. It was not politically correct back in that that era. Having long hair was a sign of, well, insubordination or or other things to many people that lived back then. But this particular band was called the Beatles. Have you ever heard of them? The Beatles? Well, they set a record by holding the top five spots on the Billboard 100 chart with their songs Can't Buy Me Love, Twist and Shout, She Loves Me, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and Please Please Me. Yeah, 
Now, the Beatles today, we, we all know what's happened to the Beatles. Half of the Beatles have passed on. One was was murdered, and I'm, I'm so sorry that John Lennon was taken away from us that way. George Harrison moved on in a more peaceful way, but we still have Paul McCartney, right? We still have Paul McCartney, and what did Paul McCartney create after the Beatles? He created a little thing called Wings, right? And then we've got Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr, he's still out there. He's still engaged. He still shows up every once in a while, plays the drums with with the band and stuff. So he's out there moving and shaking. The Beatles are probably one of the most successful rock and roll bands in all history. And on my birthday in 1964, they held five of the top spots on the Billboard 100 chart. Now, this other band I'm going to talk about, they're called the Rolling Stones. Yeah, Mick Jagger and company, the Rolling Stones. Now, check this out. They made their debut on the United States television program, The Ed Sullivan Show. Now, half of the audience is going, who is Ed Sullivan? And the other half of the audience is going, oh, man, I miss Ed Sullivan. What a great show that was. Okay, the the Rolling Stones showed up on The Ed Sullivan Show on my actual birthday in 1964, and they performed their hit song, Not Fade Away. And, and what are the Rolling Stones doing today? What are they doing today? I mean, after 60 years in existence, they are still out there rocking and rolling. I mean, you want to talk about a geriatric band? That's, that's a geriatric band. But I'll tell you what, when I'm their age, I want to have their energy. I want to have their excitement. I want to have their endurance. I want what they've got, but I'm not willing to do all the drugs that they did. Is that, is that clear? Okay, that's clear. Now, there was a vehicle This vehicle became an icon of the 60s, and it was made by the Ford Motor Company. You know what I'm talking about, right? The Ford Mustang. The Ford Mustang was officially introduced at the World's Fair in New York City, and that iconic car became an instant classic and is still in production today. The research that I did earlier before the show started indicates that Ford Motor Company has produced more than 10 million versions of that car. 10 million Ford Mustangs have been created. Now, when you when you think about all the horsepower created by just one Mustang and you multiply it by 10 million cars, that's a lot of horsepower, baby. That's a lot of horsepower. You know, the Ford Mustang, it was introduced on my birthday. Now, one other thing I want to share with you. Now, this one, this one's a little bit more political. And there was something that happened in a place called South Africa, a guy by the name of Nelson Mandela was sentenced to life in prison for something that he allegedly did. They, they said he was a saboteur and he would spend the next 27 years in jail before being released and eventually becoming the country's first black president. And here's, here's another interesting thing about Nelson Mandela. Now, I went to college at a little school called the University of Southern California. You may have heard of it, the Trojans. Well, on my graduation day, my, the, the day I graduated college in 1986, you know who the keynote speaker was? It was that guy, Nelson Mandela, came and spoke at my college and talked about his ordeal, talked about what it was like living in South Africa in the 1960s, talked about what it was like being in prison for 27 years for uh, basically on trumped up charges. Yeah, charges that were just created out of nowhere. And then he talked about what it was like to become the first black president of South Africa. And I'll tell you what, that was a very important thing to me. That was an important event in my life. And it all started on the day that I was born. Now, 
There's something else I want to share with you that has nothing to do with the historical record, or actually it does. It has everything to do with historical record. And what I want to share with you is I want to share with you the future value of money. What if, what if, now this didn't happen, but what if all of my parents' friends on the day that I was born, they gave them cash? Yeah, and I think my my parents probably did get some cash from people, but back in that day, if you got a $5 gift or a $10 gift, that was considered significant. That was considered very significant. But let's say, let's say my parents were given $1,000, and instead of spending that money, they went to the stock market and they invested that money. What would that money be worth today if, if we just didn't touch it and we let it grow? When we come back from the break, I'll share with you the results. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. There is a dream killer here somewhere today. You're going to run into somebody who's going to tell you this stuff doesn't work. Like Vinette said, it's a scam. This is probably a multi-level marketing program. Somebody is going to tell you it doesn't work because you're the wrong race, the wrong age, the wrong sex, the wrong sexual preference, the something or other. And this is all set up so rich people can be successful and all you poor people can't. And if you believe that, they've won. But if you don't, you win. Don't believe the dream killers. Start winning today with the Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop. Get the knowledge you need to replace your income in two to five years, and then find out how to take action. Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And I'm giving you some background on me because I had a birthday over the weekend. Happy birthday to me. Okay, I won't sing the song because it's it's probably copyrighted and I don't need to be sued. But Here's the point I want to make to you. When I was born, my parents received gifts from their friends and their family. Now, I, I have no idea what those gifts were. I really don't. I mean, I could go back and I could find my my original baby book that my mom put together for me that has all the, the cards in it from all the people that indicated maybe they gave a $5 gift or a $10 gift. And, and you know, $5 gifts and $10 gifts don't sound like they're worth that much, do they? But if you go all the way back to 1964, the year I was born, a $5 gift or a $10 gift was a significant gift. I mean, let's, let's, let's put it in context. A $10 gift in 1964 is equivalent to, let's say, a $100 gift today. If you look at the time value of money, you realize that the purchasing power of the dollar bill has been shrinking since the inception of this country. I'm not making this up. This is all this is statistical 
results. I, I'm not making any of this stuff up. Go ahead and do your own research and find out what $100 is worth today versus what it could be worth in 1964. Oh, we'll do the reverse engineering. So $100 today would be worth, say, $1,000 back in 1964. So when we went to break, I just made up this arbitrary argument that my parents received $1,000 in cash from everybody that they know. Now, I'm, I'm pretty confident they never received the equivalent of $1,000 because that would have been the equivalent of $10,000. And if, and if you understood the financial background that my parents had, they were just like one step above poor. There's, there's no other way to describe it. They were one step above poor, and everybody in our family was about in the same situation. So having a lot of money to shower on a new baby wasn't something that was practiced in my family, nor was it probably practiced amongst my parents' friends. But let's just say, again, for giggles and grins, that my parents received $1,000. And let's say they didn't take that money and go buy formula and diapers and all the stuff, you know, like a baby carriage and, and uh, what, what, what is that thing that babies sleep in? You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so when, when a baby comes into the family, there's a lot of expenses, right? And so your friends and family, they, they tend to chip in to help you get past those expenses. But in most families, you don't get enough in gifts to cover all the expenses. So you, you have to spend your own money. So let's say my parents got $1,000, didn't spend any of that money, and instead decided to invest it based on conventional wisdom. They decided to go into the stock market and invest that money. And let's say they just did a one-time buy-in. And let's just say they just bought into the Dow Jones Industrial Index. Now, I don't know if the index was around back in 1964. I didn't do the research. I don't really care. And here's why I don't care. I don't invest in the stock market anymore. I'm completely out of the stock market. I own no mutual funds. I own no individual stocks. I don't research companies anymore. I don't do any of that stuff anymore because I found that that kind of investing did not give me the results that I wanted. Remember, I started off the show telling you that I tried to retire myself nine years ago and I failed miserably failed miserably. I did not have enough passive income coming in to meet or exceed my bills. As a result of that, I had to go back into the workforce and found myself immediately in cubicle hell. Yeah, I went from being a lieutenant colonel in the United States Army with all this power and authority and all this stuff, right, to cubicle hell. That's where I found myself after 10 months of a giant sucking sound in my checking account as I was trying to keep my household afloat. Yeah, that's what we call a financial catastrophe. I went through a massive financial catastrophe. I did get that job. I did get that job because I was in cubicle hell and I was supposed to work to the age of 70. So what happened? What changed everything? Lifestyles Unlimited changed everything. This radio show, the one you're listening to right now, there was a different guy doing this radio show and he was bringing me good information, actually better than good. He was bringing me great information that I could use to make me realize that the path that I was on was flawed. It was absolutely flawed. Let me, let me, let me elaborate a little bit. Let's go back to that thousand dollars that my parents mysteriously, magically made, but I don't think they ever earned it. And they certainly didn't do what I'm about ready to suggest. They didn't invest that money in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. They didn't take the $1,000. And on April 17th, 1964, the day after my birthday, they did not invest that money. Let's say they did. Let's say they didn't touch that money. Any money that was made by that money 
was put back into that account. That account was allowed to grow. It effectively would be a savings account. Do you understand that the type of investing you're doing now is really investing into a savings account? You don't understand that, do you? It's true. You're not really investing. You're investing in your savings. So what is the future value of $1,000 given what the Dow Jones Industrial Average has done over the last 59 years? So how do you calculate that? How do you figure that out? Well, the way I figured it out is I just went to go look at what were the annual returns of the Dow Jones Industrial Average since its inception. On the surface, it appears that there were more years where the stock market had gains than there were years where it didn't have gains. But here's, here's the ironic thing that I'm noticing about the years that it didn't have gains. In the years that it didn't have gains, it had like significant losses. Now, there were a couple of years where the losses were only like maybe 4% or 6% or 7%. But there were some pretty significant years where they had losses of 16%. Uh, here's one that's 27%. Here's one that's, oh my goodness, this is a nasty one, 34% loss. That was in 2008, by the way. Yeah, 34% loss in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So what you have to do is you have to take all those averages and you have to average all the averages to get you the rate of return that that investment would have returned. You have to balance all the all the, the gains with all the losses, and it turns out to be a 7.67% rate of return. So what I'm telling you is that since the day I was born up until the day I turned 59 years of age, which was over the weekend, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has averaged a growth rate of 7.67%. That's the rate of return. So I, I just went to a savings calculator and I said, look, if I had a thousand bucks and I invested it uh, at a 7.67% rate of return and I held it for 59 years, what would the future value of that investment be? And the future value would be $78,268. I would have $78,000 today if my parents had invested $1,000 in the stock market 59 years ago. Now, keep in mind, that's, that's a pretty decent rate of return, but it took 59 years for that investment to make that, that rate of return. 59 years. I was desperate. I was, I was desperate. Do you know what it's like when you think, I've achieved it, I've achieved it, I'm retired, only to find out that you're not financially retired. You may be physically retired, but you're not financially retired. Do you remember yesterday's show, I had, I had Greg and Nicole on the show? Okay, Greg had to leave after the first half of the show because he had some things to do, but Nicole and I were talking for the entire show, show. Remember they talked about an apartment building that they bought. This was the first apartment building that they invested in, and they achieved a 36% annual rate of return for the passive investors that invested with them. They made a decision. They came to Lifestyles Unlimited because they were in the same boat. They had to take the monies that they were saving, and they had to redeploy those monies elsewhere into real estate. Once they started doing that, the game changed completely for them. Same thing for me. Once, once I started doing what I was taught to do and I changed my approach to investing, man, it was like game over for the old version. 
Remember that $1,000 I was talking about that my parents, you know, did not get when I was born, but had they received that $1,000 that had they invested it in the stock market on the day I was born, it would be worth over $78,000 on my birthday. That was based on a 7.67% rate of return. That's the historical average that the Dow Jones Industrial Average has returned since my birthday my literal birthday in 1964, up until today. But remember, Nicole said, you know, in that first investment, we were able to return a 36% internal rate of return. In other words, they were able to create 144% return on investment over the lifespan of that actual investment. You're going to love this part. That equates to a 36% annual return. Well, if you look at the time value of money, let's say, let's say there was a way for my parents to invest in an asset class. Let's say it's real estate. And let's say they invested in a piece of real estate that had the ability to return a 36% rate of return. Now I'm here to tell you in 1964, there were investments that did that in, in 1994, there were investments that did that in 2023, There are investments that do that. These investments have been around since the beginning of this country. I'm I'm here to tell you, there is historical, empirical evidence to support my statement. Okay, let's let's say my parents invested that $1,000 and they got a 36% rate of return. You know what the value of that money would have been had I received it that way? 75, is that a billion? That's not a billion. That can't be a billion. Seventy-five billion six hundred forty-seven million six hundred seventy-six thousand five hundred ninety-two dollars and one cent. That's what my calculator is telling me. This is what I'm trying to convey to you today: is that if you're investing at a seven point six seven rate of return, I don't care if you're buying stuff, selling stuff. I don't care how you're transacting within that that stock account or that mutual fund account. If you're only getting a 7.67% rate of return, or let's say you're even getting a 10% rate of return, woohoo, you're not doing as well as you could do. You're not doing as well as you could do. A 36% rate of return, well, it, it pretty much blows all that away. It blows it away. Now, Nicole told me that they were in that property for, what was it, four years? I think it was four years. So... If, if you calculate what, let's say, a $100,000 investment, okay, a $100,000 investment over a four-year period of time with a 36% rate of return turns that investment into over $342,000, $342,000. That is a significant rate of return a very significant rate of return. Let's say, let's say it's only three years. Let's say it's only three years. It's still a $251,000 return at a 36% rate of return. Now, let me go back to that 7.67 number that the Dow Jones Industrial Average returned. If you had invested $100,000 three years ago, it could have returned $251,000 to you today at a 36% rate of return. But if that rate of return was only 7.67%, you're only earning 
less than $125,000. That's what the value, the future value of the money is. Oh, and by the way, of that $124,000, almost $125,000, $100,000 of that is your initial seed capital. Yeah, you didn't double your money. You did not double your money in three years. You only made $24,000 in, in gains. That's all you made over that time period. But if you had invested in an asset like Greg and Nicole own, and a lot of Lifestyles Unlimited members have invested in that asset, that would have grown your $100,000 to $251,000. That means you would have earned $151,000 more than the original $100,000 that's included in that $251,000 number. How's your head doing? Is your head hurting from all the math? Okay, let me, let me give you the big takeaway. If you're investing in assets that are producing a, let's say, a 12% rate of return or less, it's going to take you a very long time to achieve the results you're trying to achieve. There, there are two things that go into investing criteria. Two things and two things alone. Money and time. Money and time. You want me to say it one more time? Money and time. You have to put money into the investment and you have to wait time for the investment to mature, for the investment to grow over time. Time and money. It is a great combination. When you factor in your rates of return to your time and money, that's where you're going to get the biggest adjustment in your future values of money is based on increases in your investment percentages. Now, I'm not telling you that every investment you're investing, you will invest in in real estate will produce a 36% annual return. Some will do better. Some will do better. Now, some, some will not do as well, but some will do better. But think about it. 36% rate of return in Al's playbook is about hitting a, a good solid double. Greg and Nicole hit a very solid double with that investment. But there are home runs out there that you can hit too. Look, if you want to do what I do, if you want to celebrate my birthday, go to lifestylesunlimited.com. Sign up for a free workshop. Let's get you going and let's make you wealthy. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.